Hello, and welcome to episode 47 of Grace in Progress. My name is Brianna Leach. I'm a wife, a mom of three, and a licensed counselor who loves sour gummy worms. And oddly enough, I really like the number 47. (laughs) And I firmly believe that if you woke up this morning, then you have a purpose. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so glad you are taking a few moments out of your day and investing in yourself a bit more. If you've been listening for a while now, welcome back. I am so glad to have you here again. And thank you to those of you who have been sharing episodes, leaving reviews on whatever platform you listen to it on. And just word of mouth is a huge help to get the word out and get this show to new listeners. For today's episode, I wanted to focus in on something that I feel is extremely crucial to the younger generation right now. And in a year like 2020, if you're listening to this currently, you totally get it. If you're listening to this in the future, it's a stressful year and you've made it through. Congratulations. (laughs) But I really want to focus on teaching kids how to name their emotions not just to feel their feelings, but how to fully name and identify the feelings that they have. Some of you may be listening and say, I'm an adult and I can't even name my emotions. And I feel you. I totally get it. It's difficult sometimes for us to identify our own, but not a lot of us were taught that at an early age. And it's something that can be fixed and we can pass on to the next generation to be able to identify what they're feeling in the moment so that you can better understand a situation and even know how to ask for help. So if you look at the kids in your life, whether you are a parent, a grandparent, maybe you have nieces and nephews, maybe you're a teacher or in a childcare type setting, but looking at the kids in your life, how many of those children would you say can really name their emotions when they happen? More likely than not, It is not the full majority. It's not all of them. When you think about a newborn, they come out communicating right away through crying, through cooing, through babbling. But when they continue to grow, we tend to focus on the academic and the physical development. And emotional development is just as important. Teaching the children in your life to name their emotions is so important for them to be able to have an emotional vocabulary and be able to express themselves fully moving forward. So if you can't tell, I'm passionate about this and I've seen it firsthand having worked with children and adolescents mainly for the last 15 years. And when there is a lack of awareness of their own emotions, it comes out as behavior problems. It comes out as aggression. It comes out as seclusion. It comes out as bullying. It comes out as you name it. It's all displaced frustration, not knowing how to communicate for themselves. Today, I want to break it down into some age categories and give you some ideas of how to help children in that age group name their emotions. This is by no means an exhaustive list. I'm just wanting to give you a few pointers for each age group so that you can take something away and apply it to your week ahead. So starting from the very beginning, no, you won't be doing anything probably the first couple months (laughs) as far as emotional development, but think about it. Your security, your bonding, your attachment is all forming in those very early days. 
And then as they get a little bit older, you can actually start mimicking behaviors and you can mimic emotions in your face and point to pictures and books and start putting words. Someone smiling, happy, joy, excited, someone who is frowning, mad or frustrated. And it's never too early to start introducing that emotional vocabulary to a child. So as they get a little bit older, maybe around 18 months, they start having more of a rebellious streak and more of a, I'm going to test the limits. And you can start spotting and helping them name when they're frustrated. When you see on their face, oh, I see on your face, your nose is squishing up or you're shaking your head. No, you're stomping your foot. You are frustrated. You are their emotional coach at all times through parenting, through teaching, any caregiving role you have to a child, you are their emotional coach. We're not born with this knowledge necessarily. We might know it deep down, but we need someone to help us identify it more clearly. So I would say birth to age two or three, it's all about repetition. It's all about introductions. You can point it out through siblings. You can point it out through yourself. At this age, if you hear the child name an emotion, make a huge deal out of it. Wow, you know what you're feeling. You know how to name the feelings that are on the inside. Anytime it happens, even if you helped coach it to that point, celebrate when they name it. And then we move on to more of the preschool age. And this is where the rubber meets the road. (laughs) This is where they've found their voice. They may be talking back a little bit or learning to be more independent. And if you are listening and this is the age group that you're working with, that's very exciting because you have the potential to lay some extremely crucial groundwork for the future. Those of you listening with much older children, it's not too late. We'll get to that. But for those of you in this season with preschool age kids, this is where you can really implement some key foundational things to help them be more equipped emotionally moving forward. So for the preschool age group, this is when you start naming it more often. So on a daily basis, we are teaching children through conversation. If you are working on numbers and letters with this child, you should be working on identifying and knowing emotions as well. This can be through pictures in a magazine. This can be through watching a show and just having a dialogue about, wow, that character is crying. What emotion do you think he or she has or what feeling do you think they have? The best way to teach this is in real time. When you see a preschooler having an emotional reaction to something, whether it be positive, it could be excitement, it could be joy, it could be nervousness, it could be anger. The more words you can put to a feeling, the better it will stick because they'll have options. When they get really excited. They, their heart's beating faster. Maybe you can tie some of the physical reaction. I see you jumping up and down. I see you waving your hands because your friend's coming and you're really excited. This helps them make the associations needed to really have the words and the names of emotions stick. Not only does this benefit the child in their emotional vocabulary, but it really benefits your attachment and your bond with this child because When you acknowledge that you see the emotion that they're expressing, even if they don't know how to verbalize it at that point, it does something on the inside that 
communicates, I'm being seen right now. And that is so important to your bond. And again, at this age, if you hear them name an emotion, throw a party, make a big deal. It's just like positive behavior. We want to reinforce it. We like what you're doing. You were frustrated. You told mommy or daddy, and now we know how to help you, or we know what you're feeling. You're not bottling it up. We are so thankful that you told me you were sad, or you told me how excited you are that we're going to the store, or we're going wherever, celebrating every time they name that emotion. Because practice, practice, practice. What gets repeated gets remembered. Moving on to elementary age kids. This is where if you've been doing repetition, we are hopefully going to get to the phase where they are communicating a little bit more. You're encouraging them to express what they're feeling. If you've seen the movie Inside Out, that is a wonderful example and visualization of emotions. So even if you're listening to this and you've done zero groundwork for emotional intelligence to this point, it's okay. Start with that movie. That's a great starting point and common ground to say, hey, do you remember in that movie when anger was red and looked this way? Have you ever felt that way? Or just starting a dialogue with your child around feelings. When working with school-age children, this concept of naming their emotions is so incredibly important. I couldn't even narrow down to one research study. There were so many about the direct link of children being able to name their emotions and decreased anxiety overall. Because when you can communicate what you're feeling, you aren't bottling it up as much. And time after time in different countries here in the U.S., all over, when they study children who have a strong foundation of emotional vocabulary, they have less stress overall. So when you're working with school-age kids, especially elementary age, I guess specifically, it helps to have some set questions that you ask on a regular basis, whether it's every day or once a week, but questions like, what was something that made you very happy today? What was something that made you sad? Was there anything that made you nervous today? Was there anything that really frustrated you today? So that they can give specific answers, but in a non-threatening way, because the questions are stated as if you know this is a normal range that we all feel on a regular basis. Again, emotional coaching. They're not going to be naturals right out the gate. This is something that you're in it for the long game. This is not a short game. When you continue to strengthen that bond, they know you care. They want to share more. Again, they feel seen. They feel heard. And this is part of a child's overall needs that have to be met in order for them to thrive. One more tip for those dealing with elementary age kids, especially the boys in around ages eight to 10. They are still to this day, some of my favorite clients because have you ever tried to sit down and talk to an eight to 10 year old boy who would rather be doing anything but sitting and talk to you? (laughs) They'd rather be playing kickball. They would rather be playing cards. They'd rather be playing a video game. And you know what? That's exactly what I would do with them. I would get out the soccer ball, we'd kick it around, and amazingly, they would start talking about their day. Or we'd play a card game, we'd play Uno, we would play Super Mario Brothers, and amazingly, shoulder to shoulder, not face to face, they would open up. So if you're hitting a wall with your elementary age child, boy or girl, either way, depending on their personality, they may need to be doing something else 
in order to kind of go into this emotional coaching, talking about situations through their day. Oh, that must have been really hurtful when that person said that. Or, wow, that sounds really challenging. Were you stressed out during that process? And just using the vocabulary regularly. It will catch on, I promise. And you know what's really important at this age? Celebrating every time they name an emotion. (laughs) If you're seeing a pattern, that's because there is one. Celebrate it every time they name it. Your elementary age kid, if they say, man, I dealt with this friend today. I was nervous, but then I felt confident because I spoke up for myself. Celebrate that. Say, wow, that is amazing that you were able to identify that and name that. I think that's so cool. And then always thank the child for sharing their emotions with you because that is such a privilege. They don't have to do that but it's healthy for both of you and always take a moment to thank them for being so open with you. And then there's the junior high and high schoolers. Let's take a moment of silence in honor of those working with kids that age. I'm just kidding. They're actually some of my favorites as well. If you're working with, I would say kids anywhere from about sixth grade to 12th grade, you understand it's already a rocky road. They've established their independence. Sometimes don't want anything to do with you but deep down, they really want to know you're there. I could honestly do just a whole podcast series about working with teenagers. And you know what? Down the road, I might. But for today, a couple tips to teach teenagers and older kids to name their emotions would first be to model the practice yourself. When they see you naming your own emotions in real time, even though you don't think they're watching you, they are. When they see you say, man, I'm so frustrated. This is how I think I'm going to deal with it. Or I'm really, really excited. I'm getting to do something I'm passionate about. Or that friend didn't return my text for weeks. And that kind of frustrated me. And I was nervous. I didn't know if I did something wrong. But processing your own emotions out loud in front of your middle or high schooler is just showing them what it's like to be a human and what adults do to cope with their own stressors or their own feelings. At this point, you're no longer just naming them, identifying them, but you definitely are still recognizing them when you see it. When you see resilience, when you see fear or sadness or heartbreak, oh, please, Lord forbid, but you see them in your own home, in your classroom, wherever you are, do everything you can to pause and sit with those emotions. They are big. They are really big in middle school and high school. And in their world, they don't see past Friday night. So it is all they have at that moment. They don't see that down the road, it'll get better. Or in the grand scheme of things, this really isn't that big a deal. It is. And it is right now. The best thing you can do to continue your bond, to continue your connection, is to ask those open-ended questions. But most important at this age, at all the ages, individualized parenting is important, but especially in the middle school, junior high, high school years, helping them find a way to express those emotions in a healthy way is the greatest tool you can give them moving forward. More than just their diploma, more than a tight-knit circle of friends, helping them understand their own emotions, listening to the voice inside, and being able to communicate that is invaluable. So one thing I love to do with teenagers is say, okay, you have all these emotions. We know it. (laughs) You, you, 
It's all over the place. I'm that way too. Most humans are. So when you get these huge waves of feelings, good or bad, what do you do with them? Do you need to creatively turn them into music? Do you need to write? Do you need to dance? Do you need to do sports? Do you need to do something where you're letting out energy through hiking or theater or whatever outlet they have? This is when you foster that. This is when you encourage that, recognize that individuality in expressing their emotions. Because not only are you naming them, but you're teaching them that there's a healthy way to channel those, whether it's when I'm frustrated, I need to go for a run. Or when I'm feeling heartbreak, I need to write a song about it. Or I need to journal a prayer or I need to really reach out to a friend. This is the age where you're teaching them when I name an emotion, I pair a behavior with it. So if I'm sad, I talk to mom. Or when I'm sad, I call a friend. When I'm sad, I journal. You get the idea. Oh, and at this age, you know what's important? That's right. Celebrate every time they name an emotion. The broken record issue I always heard with teenagers and still to this day is I don't tell my parents my feelings because they just say, oh, it's no big deal. Or you'll get over it in a few years. Or I'm going to get in trouble for feeling this way. So what I hear as the counselor is you aren't safe to express your emotions or someone hasn't given you an outlet to do that. And I'm not saying we cater and let people just act the way they want to act. There's a time and place for everything. But if you can create an environment in your home or your classroom or wherever you're at for kids to be able to name their emotions, express them in a healthy manner and pair it with a coping behavior, then this world is going to get a lot better in the future because we'll have a lot of healthy, functioning, emotionally intelligent humans. And yes, a girl can dream, but still, you can do this in your own home, in your own classroom, in your life with the kids around you. I would love to hear from any of you what you do in your home, your classroom, and your world to help kids name their emotions. Have you tried some of these? Have you done other things that have really worked? I would love to hear from you, BriannaLeach.com, to get in touch. But the kids in your life deserve this. That's why you're listening, and I know you care about them. You've got this, and I'm cheering you on. Thanks for listening.